Our first scripture reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26, verses 31 to 35. On the way, Jesus told them, Tonight all you will desert me. For the scripture says, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have risen from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and meet you there. Peter declared, Even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter, that this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Our second scripture reading is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 6 through 7. But the angel said, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, especially Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you before he died. Thank the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good morning again. Today we continue with our worship series, Disciple, Perfection Not Necessary. In the stories of Simon Peter, we see a realistic example of what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Flawed and imperfect, filled with doubts and mistakes, but at the same time, courageous and determined and faithful. Peter reminds us that we don't have to have everything figured out in order to follow Jesus. Rather, following Jesus helps us to figure everything else out. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, help us to put away our own hopes and expectations and instead focus fully on what you have to say to us this morning. Empower us to live in light of the gospel message, declaring its truth with our words and embodying its truth through our actions. Amen. Today's first scripture reading takes place on the night before Jesus was put to death. He and the disciples shared the Passover Seder together, and then afterwards they went out to the Mount of Olives. And on their way, we see today's scripture. Jesus told them, tonight all of you will desert me. For the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I've been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee, and I will meet you there. Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, Jesus, I will never desert you. Jesus tells him, I tell you the truth, Peter, this very night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times, even that you know me. No, Peter insisted, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you, Jesus. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Once again here we see Peter declaring this bold statement. No, Jesus, you're wrong. Even if these others abandon you, I will not ever abandon you. And he spent, Peter spent the remaining hours of Jesus' life trying to live up to that statement, to his promise to Jesus. 
after we hear this exchange between Jesus and Peter, all of the disciples with Jesus went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And we know that it's there that they saw the torches of Jesus' captors coming toward them. They were led by Judas Iscariot and, and the members of the temple guard and the religious authorities arrested Jesus. But before they could even lay a hand on him, Simon Peter sprang into action. He drew his sword and he struck one of the men who had come to arrest Jesus, and he cut off part of his right ear. He was attempting to do exactly what he told Jesus he had promised, to stay with him rather than desert him, to stay by his side and help him. But again, Jesus reprimands him. No, Peter, this isn't how we do things. And so Jesus peacefully allowed the soldiers to arrest him. And then we see all the other disciples fled, deserting Jesus, except for Peter and John. They followed Jesus at a distance as the guards took, that, took Jesus to the high priest Caiaphas' palace for the trial. Those two disciples, Peter and John, were unwilling to desert Jesus. They arrived at the palace and they found this small crowd gathered in the courtyard, warming themselves by a fire. And they took a risk and they joined the crowd, hoping that they wouldn't be recognized. Now think of the courage that it took for them to step onto the courtyard of this high priest's palace, where temple guards who had just arrested Jesus were there wandering around and standing near the fire. Peter had just pulled a sword on one of these men, and it was highly likely that they were going to recognize Peter. They were going to remember him, and they could have arrested him on the spot or even killed him. Yet Peter stepped into the courtyard and he was, because he was unwilling to abandon Jesus. He was trying to live up to his promise. But we know that that's where it happened. A servant woman said to him, You were one of those with Jesus, the Galilean. And Peter denies it in front of everyone. I don't know what you're talking about, he says. He denies Jesus for the first time. Then Peter walks over to the gate and another woman declares, This man was with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. And again, Peter denies being a disciple of Jesus. I don't know the man, he says. Then finally, just a little bit later, some of the other bystanders come over to Peter and they said, You must be one of them. We can tell by your Galilean accent. And Peter swore, a curse on me if I am lying. I don't know the man. And immediately, the rooster crows. Jesus' words flash through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And Peter went away, weeping bitterly. Peter was so courageous. And so faithful that night. He stuck with Jesus longer than the other disciples. He tried to defend Jesus with a sword. And he followed them all the way to the courtyard, knowing that he could have been arrested and killed himself going there. But he was attempting to fulfill his promise to Jesus. 
that even if everyone else deserts you, Jesus, I will never do that. But in the end, we see that fear led Peter, the rock of the church, to curse and to swear and to deny even knowing Jesus, not once, but three times. It's not often that the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, will record the same story. So when they do, we know that it's something important. This story, the story of Peter's failure of nerve and his denial of Jesus, is reported in each of the four Gospels. But why would they share this sad and depressing story? This story of one of Jesus' most beloved disciples, his biggest failure, because it is so relatable. We have all, like Peter, denied Jesus by our thoughts, our words, or our deeds, by what we've done and by what we should have done but didn't. We've all lived at times in ways that were contrary to our pledge to follow Jesus, We've mistreated others. We've we've joined in on the taunting and the teasing and the gossip that harms others. We've given in to the materialism, the idolatry, and, and the lust that is constantly around us. For each of us, there have been moments when our witness or example was needed, but we remained silent and we did nothing. Long ago, I worked in a place where everyone seemed to be a team player except for one person. They came in late and they left early. They made excuses for why they didn't have their work done on time and they didn't look beyond their own department. A few of the other people in the restaurant would complain about this person. They would gossip and and judge them and nitpick their performance because it was annoying that they weren't pulling their own weight or helping anyone else out like the rest of the team was. And I allowed myself to get sucked into that because it was annoying. It was frustrating. Why couldn't this other person just get it together and get the things done that needed to be done? But after I would leave those, those conversations that that gossip session, I had a lump in my chest and this feeling of guilt. What if that person overheard us? And I thought about all of the should have dones. I should have shut down the conversation or at the very least, I should have simply walked away. My example of Christ was needed in that moment, but I didn't represent Christ very well. We have all mistreated others, not living up to the name of disciple. We've ignored Jesus' teachings. We haven't allowed them to impact the way that we treat the people around us. Maybe for you, it's, it's road rage, or maybe it's taking out frustrations from work or from other people on the people closest to you that you love. Or maybe for you, it's denying Jesus time in your life or access to your money. You hold on to those precious commodities because what if there's a better opportunity? I don't want to miss out on that by going to to Bible study. (laughs) Or you focus so much on the materialism and the idolatry of this world that you deny that Jesus really does want part of your entire life. 
your time, your money, your talents, all that you have to offer, Jesus wants a part of it. In a hundred little ways, we have all denied Jesus. Through our thoughts, our words, our actions, our deeds. And Peter shows us that denying Jesus is part of our all-too-human experience as disciples. But Peter's story also shows us something else. That we don't have to be defined by our failures. God doesn't define us by the worst things that we have done. Instead, Jesus uses us, his flawed yet faithful disciples, continually inviting us back to him, forgiving us and restoring us. And sometimes Jesus uses us not merely in spite of our flaws and failures, but because of them. Jesus is the Lord of the second chance. Sometimes, though, we think that our sin, our failures, or our shortcomings are are too much for Jesus to overcome. Our shame and our guilt become these gigantic walls, these barriers between us and God. That's where Peter was that night, weeping because of his guilt and his sorrow and his shame. But we know that Peter's story doesn't end there. That on the Friday after Peter's betrayal, Jesus was crucified. But then Sunday morning, a few women went to Jesus' tomb And they found the large stone there rolled away. And a young man was sitting in a white robe at that empty tomb. And in Mark's gospel, he says to the women, Don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who is crucified. He is not here. He is risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now go and tell his disciples, especially Peter, that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there just as he told you before he died. In today's first scripture, we see that the night before Jesus died, he said, but after I have been raised from the dead, I will go ahead of you to Galilee and I will meet you there. And so here he is living up to his promise. And I'm sure that in Peter's guilt and shame, that is still there a few days later, that he didn't think Jesus would want to meet with him too in Galilee. He'd broken his promise to Jesus. He had done exactly what he said he wouldn't do. He denied Jesus. But here, the messenger of God singles Peter out. Now go and tell Jesus' disciples, especially Peter, Why especially Peter? Why did this messenger from God specifically ask Peter to go to Galilee and meet the risen Christ? I think it's because Jesus knew Peter needed that special invitation. Peter needed to know that despite his repeated denial of Jesus, he was still wanted and needed and loved by Jesus. Peter needed to know that forgiveness was for him, too. And it would have been a sign that Jesus still had more for him to do, that he was still going to be the rock upon which Jesus' church was built. Because of the grace of Christ, 
who forgives our own denials of Jesus and our own shortcomings and failures, we can put our name in place of Peter's. Now go and tell his disciples, especially Brandon, especially Cindy, especially Ruth, especially Dave, especially you. Jesus knew that his disciples were going to desert him. He called it. He knew that Peter was going to deny him three separate times. But in that same breath, he says, and I will call you back to me in Galilee. Jesus knows our shortcomings, knows our failures and our denials. Jesus knows us. He knows that we're not going to live up to our side of the promise. He knows that we're, we're not going to be perfect. And that's okay. Because what matters is that we come back to him. When he calls us, we come back. With the courage and the determination and the faithfulness that we are going to try again. Peter was nowhere near a perfect disciple. But Peter tried over and over again, getting back up and saying, this time, Jesus, I am going to do better. And trying to live into that wholeheartedly. Jesus offered his hope and his grace, especially to Peter. And he offers it especially to you, too. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for the grace that is free and there waiting for us to take if we but stand and claim it. God, I pray that in this space that we might feel comfortable coming to you as our whole selves, knowing that we will not be perfect, but striving to be your disciple, knowing that with you we can be better, that we can be who you called us to be in this time and in this place, that we might feel your love so that others might feel your love also. We pray these things in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.